Welcome back, everybody, to a new episode of Movies and Brews, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. Uh, I'm Jordan, and sitting across me here is rock star Daniel. Hey! That's right. Today we've got a special episode for you. We're going to be doing a throwback, and we're going to be talking the 20th anniversary of the movie Almost Famous. We have a special guest coming in. We'll introduce her in a second here. So sit back, relax, grab that drink, and let's talk some rock and roll. Righteous, righteous. I am a golden god. There we go. I'm on drugs. Yeah. Okay, well, before we get going here, Daniel, let's introduce what we are drinking today. Actually, first, let's introduce our guest. Everybody, welcome back, Shiloh, to the show. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. Glad you could make it. Yeah, thanks for coming on and talking some Almost Famous with us. Of course. Well, let's talk about what we're drinking today. Shiloh? I'm drinking LaCroix. Ooh, nice. Orange flavor. Orange flavor. Wow. Because Jordan didn't think to get you anything alcoholic. Ooh. Ooh, No, it's LaCroix is just fine. I love my bubbly water. Well, this week was Jordan's week to bring us something for drink and tell. So, Jordan, what'd you bring us? This week I brought in... um, Berlick Brewing Company's Panic House. <laughs> Panic House. <laughs> Pancake House. <laughs> it's a cocoa maple coffee imperial stout. It looks, I like the branding of Ooh. that can. Mm. I'd yeah. pour that on some waffles. Mm. Smell it? Yeah, I gotta try this. You can smell it. It's very chocolatey. It doesn't smell as mapley as you would think. Mm. Oh, that's tasty. Whoa. Like beer. It's got some kick to it, too. That's tasty, though. Tastes it's like a nice stout, coffee. you said? Mm-hmm. Imperial stout. Nice. What's the difference between a stout and an imperial stout? Daniel? Uh, well, <laughs> the malt is richer. The hop character is more mellow. And the balance is a little bit more bitter, because that's what it says on the side of the that's can. That's because you're totally cheating. It's 11%. That's the difference. Got it. That, yeah. How much percent goes into this? But yeah, that's, that's pretty good. All right, yeah. It's located, almost as much as wine. Located here in Portland. Yeah. All right, well, before we get going with our uh, throwback episode, let's talk about a few things we saw in the last week. I think all of us have something we're going to share. Uh, why, don't, why don't I start? This is kind of a fun one. Um, last week, our roommate and I sat down and we watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Nice. <laughs> I love that movie. Classic. Such a good one. Yeah, I used to love this kid. We had it on VHS when I was a kid. And man, yeah, I used to watch that thing all the time. Yeah, it came out in what, 19? I don't remember ever watching it at home. Like, no? Really? No. no, I don't. I feel like we had to rent it. When did you get the VHS and why did you hog it, you bastard? We just always had it. You know, maybe it was recorded off TV. I don't remember. So maybe I just eventually recorded over it. We had Maybe. a VHS copy, I remember, because I watched that all a, the time. Yeah, I thought we just had a regular... We, my, Lauren and I used to watch that all the time when we were kids. I don't remember that. But, oh, it's so good, though. It's what And watching it now, you know, it's been 30, 31 years now. I got to say, overall, the practical and special effects hold up really good. Because they only use, like, CGI special effects, you know, late 80s CGI, for when you really, really need it, when, when like, the laser of the machine shrinks right. people. Otherwise, for the most part, a lot of it is practical effects. I know. And I still love the Cheerio scene where they're in a gigantic <gasps> pool of white stuff and Cheerios. And he almost eats them. Yeah. Don't leave me, Dad. Don't leave me. Dad, don't eat me. 
I don't know. I had a good time watching it. A lot of good laughs within. <laughs> but, uh, you yeah, know, I still, of course, I love Rick Moranis. Right. He was good. He makes the movie. I remember. Is that the dad? Yeah. That's the dad, yeah. yeah. That's funny. I, I used to have a, <laughs> used to have a crush on Amy when I was a kid. Is that the older sister? That's the older sister. Yeah. Doesn't she like make out with the neighborhood kid in like a yeah. l- flower or like a leaf or something like no. that? In the Lego. In the Lego of yeah. Oh, oh yeah, they make okay. out in the Lego. Yeah. Yeah, they have all of them on Disney Plus too. I'm assuming that's where you watched it. Yeah. Stream on Disney Plus. Dust it off the old. One VHS. of my favorite lines from Nick is like, "Where'd you learn artificial respiration?" And Russ is like, "French class, kid." <laughs> <He's> like, huh. <laughs> Oh, that is, and at the very end of the movie, it's about to close the credits, and they're like, "Oh, I get it, French class." <laughs> so good, <laughs> so good. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But yeah. yeah, it was had a good time. You said it's one of your favorites from when you were kids, Shiloh. Yeah, I remember me. I'd forced my brother to watch it. I just we had the VHS. I always remember getting kind of because I don't remember when that movie came out, but I was born in '94, so I was pretty young watching this movie. Like maybe four or five. And I remember the ant scene always freaked me out. I uh, hated it. Yeah. Ant or the scorpion scene? Oh, it might have been the scorpion. I don't know. I don't do bugs as it is. Which I'm like, where, where do these people live with this like random That's scorpion right, appears like in their the, yard? Wasn't the ant like ended up being a friend or something? Like he helped him out and stuff. So maybe I am thinking about the scorpion. Yeah, they, they basically turned him into like a horse. Yeah, and he would okay. Carry them around. Yeah, <laughs> but I still remember like seeing the detail, like the like little spines and stuff coming off of the ant. You know, like like seeing that detail and just still being creeped out at it because I'm yeah. like. Ugh, I don't like bugs, and but still great movie. When you said the Cheerio scene, I was just like, holy, like what? That's right. He almost eats. I bet as a kid, like because he was probably in that big pool, you know, like the way they did the animation and stuff. Or yeah, but he had a lot of fun basically swimming around in a giant yeah. pool of Cheerios. Yeah, giant inner tube looked like a Cheerio. Yeah, good stuff okay. though. You I never watched it much as a kid. That's weird. No, I mean I watched it a little when we got a little older, but not like when we were like really. Yeah, really probably young. early nineties, like between when it came out, eight and nine, ninety four. I probably watched it a lot those you years. You failed me, Jordan. Whatever. So yeah, maybe around ninety four when you were born, I just finally would slow down from watching it. <laughs> I don't know. And then my parents just decided to pick up a copy, and I abused it ever since. Yeah, the sequels aren't quite as good, but. This, yeah. this the original is something special, I think. And James Horner does this music for it too, which is awesome. Right, right. I don't know if I know James Horner. Yeah. Titanic, Braveheart. Yeah, movies I've never seen. List of movies I've never seen before. Apollo Eleven That's right, you've or Apollo Thirteen. Seen never seen it. Wow. Well, moving on here, Daniel. You got a movie you watched? What is it? <clears throat> so my movie was Dolomite Is My Name, starring Eddie Murphy. And a bunch Dolomite. of other people, including the Pontiac Bandit. <gasps> there was a this movie had a great cast. So yeah, I've been saving it because I was hoping you'd watch it soon. And uh, yeah, what'd you think overall? Overall, it was a really random story. Like I had to look up what exact like I hadn't really like known what Dolomite is. My name was about well a little bit. I I did hear a little bit here and there, but I didn't realize that it was based on well the. The movie is based on a real person who made up a fictional character to essentially like star in like like exploitation films in like the, was it the seventies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. the character name that he made up was Dolomite as a comedic. I'm like that makes so much sense and it sounds genius, kind of like 
Kind of like Kevin Smith having Jay and Silent Bob as two like little characters that he made up in his movies. Yep. Yeah. Um, not quite to the same degree, but I don't know. I had a lot of fun. It was really just kind of a random movie, kind of something I wasn't expecting. No, and yeah, I haven't really g- seen a comedy like th- like that. I thought it had some really great moments. I mean, and first off, I love Eddie Murphy in this role. I thought he killed it. Which also is like part of like the novelty because I haven't seen Eddie Murphy in a movie in years. Yeah. Well, know who was great too that I, you haven't seen in years? What do you think of Wesley Snipes? It took me a second to figure out who he was because you haven't seen Wesley Snipes since. Well, I haven't seen him since Blade. I don't know if I've ever seen him in another movie that wasn't Blade. It's been a while, yeah. A lot of, a lot of good little cameos, though. You had uh, Craig Robinson in a role. Um, T.I., you had Snoop Dogg playing the DJ in the booth. Which I uh, love that opening scene because you think they're in like a radio uh, station talking. And then he goes out, grabs the cart, and keeps pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> and revealed that they're in a record store. <laughs> I thought that was great. But it just a, I thought it was a fun story. I rewatched it last night to kind of get refreshed. But yeah, I just thought what a fun story it was. Just kind of watching this guy like go for the dream, if you will. And like the whole second half when they were just making this movie, I thought it was just awesome. Like I love their studio. How yeah. you know how he gets the studio? It's like you know I told him like we'd get rid of all these junkies and you know I'd be the uh, the manager of the place, and he allowed to let us use it. And then they steal power from next door. Yeah, <laughs> just, just good I don't, moments it, like that. It's is a pretty great comedy and yeah no there is a lot of people a lot more people than i even thought but almost everybody's like somewhat recognizable chris rock he's in it yeah and there's a few others mike keegan michael key yeah well i i know he's one of the ones that i recognize immediately because he's in a lot of stuff especially key and peel but I don't know. Like, I had a bunch of fun watching this movie. It seems like a movie that you could just, like, throw, you know, have on. Like, it's, it's a good... It has a lot of rewatchability. Like, it's very entertaining. It doesn't... Yeah, yeah re- rewatching, like, I think it was, like, a month ago now I watched it for the first time. Rewatching it again last night. Just as good. Yeah. I enjoyed quite a bit. But, yeah. So much fun. And, yeah, it's just fun watching this guy yeah, chase his dream and, you know, entertain the world. <laughs> Yeah, it's one. It's the thing that helps comedies last is make them interesting and funny, instead of just focusing on funny. Yeah, no, this is definitely interesting. So last night after that ended, mm-hmm. I started another movie. This kind of just segues from this 1975's Dolomite. Oh uh, really? So you actually watched it? I watched the first half hour or so, and it is just as cringe as they make it look when they're re- making the movie. Is it ridiculously campy? Oh my gosh! Well, you know when they're recording him fighting them in the behind the car, right? And he's like, ugh, 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 ugh. like it looks that bad. Because isn't it on Amazon? Yeah, if you want to watch the actual Dolomite movie, that's on Amazon Prime right now. Yes, because I did think about. I think I saw it and I thought about watching it. But yeah, no, that's awesome. So just just as bad slash good as you thought it would be. Well, maybe more. It's basically, it's Dolomite to Dolomite's My Name is what the room is to the disaster artist. Oh, like it's a good movie about a bad movie? I would say this is probably a little bit better production than The Room, but not by much. Still just super in. But yeah, I watched about a half hour, and it was just it was just kind of fun watching the characters interact. I mean, looking back and looking at like different scenes that they actually like... Um, 
recorded in the Dolomite's My Name movie. Right. Like, uh, I do love the part where he's got the car, and he's like, go easy on this man, this is my cousins. He's <laughs> like, drive, drive. <laughs> like, I gotta, and then they blow it up. That's awesome. <laughs> I thought that was great. And then, uh, I think one of my favorite parts, too, is when the uh, police commissioner, I think he was, is, like, talking to him. Finish his line, and then there's just like an awkward, like long pause. Dolomite looks at the camera, like, "Damn, that was good." <laughs> yeah, no, it's I don't know. It's got it's a lot of fun, a lot of I don't know. It's it's good to see Eddie Murphy again because he's got such good charisma too. Oh, he totally does. But he kind of right. just nails this like over like I don't know. It nails this character, I guess. That's yeah. What I'm trying to say. So yeah. Anyway, Dolomite is my name. Streaming on Netflix. Dolomite the movie from 1975. Amazon Prime. Check them out. Nice. So we have one more here. Shiloh saw a movie this week. Shiloh, what did you see? I finally saw, much to the constant array of surprises from your guys' family that I have never seen this movie. I would call it belittlement, but go on. Yeah, but I didn't. I couldn't <laughs> think of a word. Like, any time... It, it almost is like anytime you like Surprise a different Pikachu sibling face. found out I didn't watch this movie, all I was greeted with was a what? What do you mean you can't have it? Daniel, why haven't you shown her this movie yet? Well, I've tried. I just haven't found her. I just uh, figured you're unteachable. That's just rude. <laughs> just, oh, wow. That's mean. Daniel. Anyway. I finally saw The Princess Bride this weekend. Whoa! I know. <laughs> Hell yeah, she did. Woo. I had to make extra sure. She's like, Daniel, I want to watch The Princess Bride. I'm like, hold up. Are you sure? She's what? like, yes. I'm like, are you sure, though? Or are you just trying to appease me? She's like, no, I'm sure. I'm like, but are you? Better not be fucking with me. They went back to the wine cellar. I've been saving this for a special occasion. <laughs> I Let's celebrate. It was a, it was almost like when we started dating when you asked me like multiple times, are you sure? Are you sure? Are yeah. you sure? Except for I, I think I asked her more are you sure as if she wanted to watch. The Princess, the Princess Bride. Bride. Um, sure you want to watch a story So Shiloh, what did you think of The Princess Bride? Now that you've finally seen it. I... Uh, Absolutely loved it. I, I know. Was... I think it would be a relationship breaker if I didn't like this movie. Oh, it would for our, not just Daniel, but our whole family. The whole family would just exile <laughs> we would me. disown you. Your sisters like wouldn't like me anymore. Your parents <laughs> would be like, nah, she's, we don't like her anymore. Like, I wouldn't only, be allowed over here. You'd only have yourself to blame, too. I know. You know. Maybe that was my out. But you absolutely love All right. Well, I was hoping anyway. that was going to be my let's out. Talk, Daniel, talk about it, though. Yeah. So, what'd you love about it? I mean, I so I'm a huge so one of my favorite movies of all time is the Rocky Horror Picture Show absolutely love it super campy movie obviously and I did not know anything about The Princess Bride going into it honestly I don't know how I've never like spoiled it for myself I just always knew I wanted to watch the movie so I never wanted to spoil it for myself I did not realize that this was actually like a campy movie I thought it like going into it I thought it was just like this stereotypical fairy tale and i think that was one of the reasons i didn't want to watch it because i'm like i've seen a billion like romantic-esque movies like how is this one any different this is the one about true love right it is it's the one the one and i absolutely loved it i loved how campy it was i loved all the little like Sub like it was just great i don't know i told daniel we were like watching it halfway through i remember and i was like, Daniel, you're going to really hate showing me this movie. And he was like, why? I'm like, because I'm going to want to watch this all the time. Because I 
Le- I legitimately love camp. That's stuff. a good response. Yeah, like response. I was really nervous for the first twenty or thirty minutes. I'm like she's not making a damn sound. Well, especially when it op- <laughs> and I'm just like, pro- pro- am I like probably when it opened up to a French Savage in bed, you're like, what the hell's going on? Who's this kid? Yeah, like, playing a Super like, Nintendo or a su- no Nintendo, Nintendo original Nintendo and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I just, yeah, I didn't make any noise for it because I just wanted to take it all in. I was really processing just what was going on. And then I think it was after I said, I think it was about 20 minutes in where I was like, Daniel, you're going to really hate. And it was after the part where she's getting, they're on the boat or something and she f- jumps into the water with the eels and then I yeah. see the eels and I'm just started like, I'm like, oh my God, this is the kind of movie we're doing and stuff. And I should have gotten the hit. I mean, the princess's name was Buttercup and I'm just like, why would they name her Buttercup? And then as I got into the more of the movie, I'm like, oh, this is what it's all. About. This is what it's all about. Okay. The Dread this- Pirate Roberts, Princess Buttercup. Yeah, like, what are these names Humper. and stuff? <laughs> and when I saw the eels and everything, I just was like, oh, okay, I love this. This is exactly what I need in my life. Andre the Giant. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I loved Andre the Giant. That was such a sweet character. He's I know, he's like so big and like Anybody present. Anybody want a peanut? But. Yeah. And I loved when he was going through all of his fight scenes, Wesley and everything. I remember I also asked Daniel, I was like, okay, I have to ask you a question. And I kind of liked that he'd already seen it numerous times, so I could sit and ask questions because Daniel really hates it when Literally I ask questions. Seen it probably over fifty times. And I remember asking him, I was like, "Did people know when they went and saw the movie that that's obviously Wesley and stuff?" He's like, "I'm pretty sure." I'm like, "I'm just making sure like this wasn't like a huge reveal sort of thing." He's like, "Kind of," and he's like, "Think of the movie." I'm like, "Right, it's super campy." Because I was like, "It's pretty obvious it's Wesley." Like. I yeah. really hope people were yeah, like he, sitting in the theater mus- being wait, like. Did he had the mustache already. He had the mustache. Yeah, he had the mustache. But already. it was a little bit darker when he was like in his pirate outfit. But it's still and stuff. very clear. Sounded more confident still, though when he was the. Dread the pirate only Robert. one he Dread doesn't Robert. know that it's him is the princess. Yeah, and <laughs> the one that slept with him. As then, as he falls down the hill, as you wish, I was just like, okay. That's and great, she like comes to the realization. That's Lord. a great reveal for us because yeah, us the audience knows, but yeah, what a great reveal for her the character. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, your sister sent me that. Um, and you must have it must have been after you guys texted your group chat or something because she sent me that meme. Yeah, that makes the, sense. The next day. And stuff. So my favorite thing is when we were like it was literally after they roll down and go into the fire swamp. Oh yeah. They were like, you know, they do like yeah, you know, they jump through the quicksand, they, you know, dodge the, the fire holes. R O U S S? Are you yeah, that was like <laughs> I'm like she's like I'm like, are you like, you know, they do the R U S S like ruins from a neutral size and he's like right he's like i don't think they exist and it like jumps on him Shiloh was like oh my god yeah <laughs> i'm also just laughed how it what a incredibly quick how they just automatically make an acronym for it like oh the are you OSs or whatever they call it? And I'm just like, oh, that's hilarious that it's yeah. an immediate. And the way they're talking through the forest of like doom or whatever it's the fire swamp, the fire swamp. When they're walking through and they're talking so nonchalantly, like oh la da da, just another day in this terrible forest. That just made me laugh. I'm just saying they're like because yeah, any the other banter. movie would just be like oh no, it's dark and serious, and they're just walking through it like it's a picnic. Like no other thing is crazy. He's I like. Mean- like you said, like the, going in, you knew that like the movie was famous for like its quick wit and yeah. stuff. 
which is like what is like holds this movie up is the interactions between all the characters. And then also watching it with somebody who had never seen it before. I don't think I've ever watched this with anybody that's never seen it. That's the thing is like, I've never thought about how unbelievably ridiculous, like when you go from scene to scene, you're like, okay, some of it makes sense, but then like you end up with Miracle Max, some guy who's trying to bring him back to life with a chocolate pill, and his wife and them are like bickering and yelling at each other. Oh, like, that's a great scene though with Billy Crystal. Yeah, I'm just like it's Half hilarious. From the castle, it's hilarious, but also comes out of left field. Yeah, it was totally like I'm just like and the whole fact that the whole last part of the battle sort of thing where they're in the castle and he can't even move his body like he's literally just flopping around and i'm just like oh my goodness and then the part where he's like my name is beloved montego you killed my father prepared to die yeah and then he just runs and i'm like but then the part where um he gets stabbed i audibly shot like was like oh yeah when he runs down when he runs down the uh the stairs, and then the uh, the six fingered man just like throws his dagger right into his stomach, and he just falls down. So I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm I was like, not expecting that. I was like, "What? No!" Like I thought he was gonna die, and I was gonna be very depressed. I was like, "What? I need this character arc. I need him to like get his redemption." And it, like I said, like seeing these movies like with people who've seen it all so many times so we're all just sitting there having a good time we ever everybody knows every twist and turn but watching it with somebody who does not know the twist and turn it's like i'm like yeah how they said i'm like he could very well die right there without getting his revenge it's very plausible he's bleeding a lot yeah it seemed like he was going to die and i was just gonna be really if he would have died i probably would have that would have maybe ruined the movie for me because i i am a huge like i need the redemption i need the care i need you know these. Plus, he has the first like he has the first interaction with Wesley, yeah, which is so much fun. Oh, their their little thing about like I was using my left hand, but I'm right handed. Me too, <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. And I, I do like you seem like a decent man. I hate to kill you. I hate to kill you. Like, <laughs> like a so decent great. guy. I'd hate to die. I hate yeah, to die. I hate the to die. whole or they're like he can't <laughs> climb up that fast, and you just see him like. You're like, oh. And I, I do love the guy's like in his face being taken up the hill. Climb faster! Just, I've got three on. people. Come on! Their just job is on the line. Literally, they're on a so line. So funny. Yeah. yeah, your job is on the line. <laughs> I uh, loved so that. And it's been a while since I've watched this. I mean, I've seen it numerous times, but it's been a little while. It had been a minute, too, so I was... I don't know. It was a lot of fun. So, yes, that is the movie. I, I would like to watch it with somebody that's never seen it. That would be fun. It Good w- luck finding him. Yeah. And I think I can no longer say I've never seen The Princess Bride because I was always like my go-to. Now we Two just truths got, and a lie. Now we never just got seen... Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I know. I need to watch that. I've seen clips of it, but I've that's never seen it like through its entirety. That's, like one, of the that's one I haven't watched in a long out. time either. Oh, I'm sure I would love it. You know, I mean, I loved I love that kind of stuff. We'll do another throwback episode. Ferris Bueller and Say Anything. But you've also, there's a few, like, isn't there, like, one of those Breakfast Club-esque movies that you've never seen that I've always said I wanted you to see? Because you, have you seen 16 Candles? Yes. Have you seen, I know you've seen. Pretty in um, Pink? Oh, I haven't even seen Pretty in Pink. I, don't, I didn't see Some Kind of Wonderful? No. I've seen The Breakfast Club, and I've seen... 16. Weird Science. Oh, I love Weird, Weird Science. Science. One of my favorites. Good song. Also great campy stuff. Yeah. But Shiloh, you heard it from her straight. Uh, <laughs> wow. What? <laughs> Nothing. 
They're gonna say straight from the horse's mouth. I was about to. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, from a newbie, Melissa <laughs> the Princess Bride. Yeah, it was great. I want to watch it a million times over. So if you've never seen it, after Ferris Bueller's first off, off and, what are you doing with yourself? But before we do that, we have to watch Lady Hawk because it's in the same vein of campy and weird. I also need to see uh, Men in Tights. I have not seen that either. No, That's a I fun have one. that. I know you do. I see it. That's got Wesley our... in it too. I know. I. I I think he's also the voice sure, let's, actor. Let's, let's, let's hurry this up because I would like to watch Men in Tights now once we get home. We're going to watch Men in Tights when we get home? Maybe. Shh, don't worry about it. Okay. Don't think. <laughs> Dan's like, I got tights waiting for you. <laughs> She's got the tights. I don't have the tights. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, I'm excited that you finally have seen yes. Princess Bride. That's I awesome. I saw it. Yeah. It's kind of cool seeing... Um, Trying to blend his name with the character that plays Wesley. He was the um, the mayor of Hawkins in this last season yes. of uh, Stranger Things. He is also the voice of Jack Skellington in Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. Not the singing though. Uh, I think Elf, it's Elfman just Danny Elfman voice. sings. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, good stuff. Great movie. Ten out of ten. As I told Daniel, ten out of ten. Would watch again. Oh, look at that. Well, cool. The Princess well, Bride. I finally marked it you off. You finally of our movie marked list. it. That off. was number one. Now she's got. Get to be part of our family a little longer now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm allowed to stay. Good. Let's move on here and let's talk some almost famous. We are here talking almost famous. 20 year anniversary. This movie came out, yeah, September 22nd, 2000. I can't believe it's been 20 years already since we saw this film. So, I guess I'll start it off here. So, I was in high school when this movie came out. I don't know if I went opening weekend or not, but I saw it in theaters and I remember just loving it. And I'm not sure at the time how many of Cameron Crowe's films I'd watched up until that point because I was 16, I think. And I maybe I'd seen Say Anything by then, but I don't think I'd watched Jerry Maguire yet or Singles quite yet. But I, I think maybe after seeing Almost Famous, I went back and watched all those because I saw them all like probably around freshman year of college where I caught, got caught up. Okay. But uh, yeah, written directed by Cameron Crowe, who yeah also did Say Anything, Singles, Jerry Maguire. I think his next one after Almost Famous was uh, he did the remake of Vanilla Sky. Oh, yeah. But great movie, great cast, by the way. Have you got Patrick Fugit? I think that's how you say his name. He plays Will. Frances McDormand, Zoe Deschanel, Kate Hudson, Billy Crudup, Jason Lee, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jimmy Fallon, Rain Wilson. What a, what, what a cool cast of yeah. people. Um, but yeah, I saw this in theaters, and yeah, at the time when, you know, things like Varty Blues, American Pie are coming out, 70 shows on TV, you know, more into that kind of comedies. But man, I fell in love with this movie immediately. I just remember, yeah, going and seeing it and just walking out of the theaters to be like, wow, that was amazing. I'm, yeah. not, I don't, I'm trying to remember if I went and saw it again in theaters. I might have seen it twice in theaters. But I mean, you know, because I was listening at that time in high school. I was listening to like early 90s grunge. I was listening to classic rock like Zeppelin and Pink mm-hmm. Floyd. So this was just perfect. Right. And again, fell in love with it immediately. Bought it on uh, DVD eventually. I've seen it several times. I haven't watched it too much in the last, it probably was like a good 10 year span that I haven't seen it. But in the first 10 years of owning it, I definitely watched it all the time. Yeah. Part of why I probably haven't watched it in a while is Daniel stole my DVD a few years back and doesn't yet to return it. 
I'm not going Bastard. to. I could have brought it today, and I made a point to not. <laughs> oh, that's not even your copy at our house? No. No, that's not his copy at your house. That so is mine. Here, here's, Sorry, Jordan. So this is what happened. So, Jordan, you showed this to me when I was probably about, like, in my teens. I don't remember where I was. Like, dude, check this out. It'll, ch- what a good it'll change your brother. life. Well, you showed it to me, and I remember watching it. I'm like... Wow. I, I was just like, literally, I fell in love. I'm like, I love this movie. This is one of my all I still claim it is one of my all-time favorite movies. I, I probably gave you the same line the sister gives uh, Will. Like, watch this. It'll set you free. You didn't. <laughs> and I never inherited any records or CDs from you either. But no, me giving you the movie was the same. Right. Well, we don't... watched it together. And I was just like, I love this movie. Like, it's it has, I still love coming of age Movies, I, those are like some of my, my sweet spots that I like always usually tend to love. But you mix that with like the backdrop of the 1970s rock and roll and, you know, like coming of age in like a music scene. I'm like, this has all the makings to be one of my favorite movies, which it is. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so I borrowed it from you and I never gave it back. So I'm like, well, fuck this. I love this movie too much. So he'll eventually forget. And I've had it for you. <laughs> Let's just say I've not forgotten Daniel, and I'm still waiting for my copy to return to the show. Jordan, shelf. I will bring you a copy as soon as they actually release the regular version again on Blu-ray. Because as of now, you only get the director's cut, which I hear is ass. Walmart's got uh, right now on Blu-ray the bootleg edition. However, it comes with a uh, digital copy of both the theatrical version and Rocket Man. So you can give me that and keep the DVD. Hmm. I mean, you're fine. It's like up to here by this point, as far as late fees go. Um, I wasn't planning on bringing it back to, so you could collect on the late fees. <laughs> well, then I'm going to straight up charge you for it. Mm, I'll give you 10 bucks for it. <laughs> no way. With appreciation at, at least, this rate. At least 30 now. Possibly. We'll talk. Especially <laughs> when the theatrical version is hard to get. Uh, you cannot get a theatrical version on anything but which is DVD. Which is so weird. I, I've actually never seen the bootleg copy of it. I would actually like to watch it and see what they've added. Well, when we were watching it, Shiloh's, Shiloh had asked me, like, oh, how long is it? I'm like, I don't know, hour and a half, two hours. And when I looked it up, it said, like, two hours and 40 minutes. Is that the director's cut? That's the d- bootleg. That's oh, the extra. They added smokes. almost a three-hour movie for, like, a director's cut. Because like, it's, like, two hours and five minutes or maybe. Yeah, but, you know, take just, it for it. So it's, like, 30 to 35 minutes more. I would yeah. watch that. I'd watch that, yeah. I hear that it kind of sucks. That's everybody who likes the movie that I've heard from who's seen the director's cut was just like, I'd, I'd still sucks. be curious to watch it, though. It'd be kind of cool to be in that world for a little bit longer. Yeah, I would be wondering if they cut out any songs is the biggest thing. Could, could I'd, be, I'd yeah. Like to see Stage performances. <laughs> Maybe they get in, in another plane incident. Yeah. <laughs> Sing another Elton John song going down uh, the highway. Yes. <laughs> I'd uh, eat that up. Yeah, so like I'd be kind of curious, but the one on Hulu was the theatrical version, wasn't it? Yeah, it's on Hulu and I believe Prime right now. Okay, but Charlie, so what, what's kind of your history with this film? Yeah, because I don't have an older you... brother that handed it down to me or anything. I actually saw this movie for the first time. It was my freshman year acting class, so I had actually switched into acting. I remember my teacher was super. That's how I found out is about. Is this in high school or college? This is high school, so I was fifteen around the time that this movie came out. Nice. It was a pretty perfect age for mm-hmm. it. And I remember actually when I came into acting because I switched in 
So it was like a month or maybe like two or three weeks into the term and stuff. So I switched into it and they had just, I walked in and they were watching this movie because it was one of my acting teacher's favorite movies. He thought it'd be a really good way to start the term off with everybody. And I walked in actually in the scene where he, the lead character, um, Will, Will, William, William walks and he's looking at the ice room and everything. So that was the first thing I'd seen. I had never seen the beginning for until I like fell in love with this movie. So I watched it in acting, ended up falling in love with it. It was absolutely amazing. We wrote a paper about it. I remember. I'm sure I have it somewhere on my computer. Um, so that was my first introduction to it was, I saw it in acting. That's also where I saw clips of the big Lebowski for the first time, all sorts nice. of different things and good old acting one. That's Over, a good teacher. <laughs> oh, he, to watch. Was, some he cool was, stuff. he was an interesting guy. I'll just leave it Especially at that. Especially in a small town in a hole in the desert. Right. Like a hole in you need like one teacher to show you, Hey, this is what cool movies look right, like. Right. Like he was the one teacher, like that showed me things that I probably never would have seen if it wasn't for yeah, no, him. You, you, like, need, you need that. I would have never have seen this movie. I would have like heard of the big Lebowski or, cause I was just like, I wasn't just, I feel like you would have heard about that. I would have heard later, of it. Later. Yeah. I, there's a lot of, but we've talked about that. There's a lot of movies I never saw because I wasn't allowed to watch them except for they weren't in my dad's genre or anything like that. Well, same, but then I had an older brother. We would, Right, I was I was the oldest. Don't, don't, I was Don't the... tell mom and dad, but uh, check out these Terminator movies. <laughs> or don't tell mom and dad, but we're going to push your fucking loud as shit diesel Audi down the street so we can go to a midnight premiere of a rated R movie. <laughs> what movie? Well, we went to go see Wanted. Which not a great movie. Not a great movie, but it, it was the story. It, it was the that's... adventure that counts. Well, in it the, was the sneaking out adventure. The slight tint, yeah, because we literally pushed it a block down. We pushed it down the street so because it was so loud. So then we walked to it, and hilariously, like the next day, I mean, I was still at the age where my mom was doing my laundry. I left my ticket stub in my pocket. Daniel, and then apparently my mom's like. He went to go see a rated R movie and he told, she asked my dad to go talk to me and all my dad was like, so your mom wanted me to talk to you because uh, she found the ticket stuff that you got said, went to a rated R movie and saw Wanted. I'm like, yeah. He's just like, walks up to me. He's like, how was it? It was pretty cool. I'm like, how, were you like, so I think how old you were, yeah. 12 maybe? I don't. I think I watched that movie with my dad. Uh, now you might've been like, a, I don't know, I'm trying to think, 10, 11, whenever, when did that movie come out? I remember watching it with my dad because that was one of the very first like gruesome-esque movies that I'd ever seen. 2008. So uh, we would have been... That old? 12 years ago. So 14? Four, no. Or wait. Yeah. yeah we would have been in eighth grade. Yeah. So 14. So I wasn't... You weren't that young. So I wasn't like a child, but you know. Anyway. anyway, so that was the first time back to yeah, that was the first time I saw that movie. Absolutely fell in love with it. I remember I watched it again with my nana, actually. And that's also how I fell in love with Elton John was because of that movie. The yeah, nice. tiny that one song. Which I think they do have someone looking like Elton John when they go to one of the hotels. Yeah. Well, I just that one song just really like spared my love. I remember I downloaded so many Ellen John songs after that, and that's how I really just fell in love. But Tiny Dancer to this day is one of my favorite songs by Ellen John. My nana used to call me that. But you've like never seen Rocket Man. Yes, I have. Oh, I was gonna say I wanted to go see Rocket Man, but yeah, so that's how I fell in love with that movie. Thanks to Mr. Remington, Check out Rocket PHS. Man. 
but which is what's what's funny about that scene too. So it actually was uh, like a week ago watching some Californication in season six. They're trying to uh, get a rock opera off the ground for Broadway. Oh, okay, and they're in a plane headed to New York, and they run into a bunch of turbulence. And for a while, they think they might be going down. So it's kind of like a homage to uh, to both the bus scene and the plane scene in Almost Famous. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. So they think they're gonna die. The the I mean, this is on this like. Rockstar's like multi-million dollar jet that's like just looks like Austin right. Powers kind yeah, of yeah, thing on the inside. By, I forget his name, but I know what character you're talking about. Yeah, he's, I forget the actor's name, but Atticus Fetch is what he's called in the season. Anyway, it's great because he's like, fuck it, if I'm going down, I'm going to at least go down in style and he starts playing Tiny Dancer. Aww. And then t- the uh, two people are like, dude, really? And you're like, could you pick a more obvious song? He's like, fuck you! It's an homage! Cameron Crowe was right. The Elton John was a god. Was. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, let's get into some almost famous here. I mean, first off, I love the way this movie starts out. You start out with uh, the opening credits being somebody in pencil writing, which yeah. was actually the director Cameron Crowe's hand. I found that out. Awesome. So that's cool. But uh, yeah, so he wrote and directed this movie, which... If you don't know much about Cameron Crowe, so Cameron Crowe actually worked for Rolling Stone for a little while in his early career. He is the guy who uh, wrote one of my favorite um, raunchy comedies of all time, Fast Times at Richmond High. Yes. He oh, yeah. he uh, actually he was in college, but he uh, went back to high school and posed as a high school student so he could do like research. And hmm. he wrote See how the much it changed. He wrote a book, Fast Times, and then got that turned into the, and then was able to write the script for Fast Times. That was a great movie. I loved Which, that movie. It's freaking awesome. I yeah, that's one. Just one of those, you know, for its genre too. Just classic, yeah. classic, yeah. classic, classic eighties, classic everything. But yeah, so yeah, he. I mean, his first directorial debut was Say Anything, which I actually just watched half of that the other night. That's one of my favorite rom coms of Is all time. Is that the one where yeah. he holds the boombox? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, that's what Jordan called to tell us to watch uh, while we were doing our puzzle. And oh. Shiloh <laughs> so was the sorry. one that hit uh, reject. I'm sorry. We were in a puzzle. Right. We, were in a, we were in a mode. We finished well, that puzzle. It, it occurred to me, I'm like, man, what if we did a double feature, like Cameron Crowe double feature, almost famous, and Say Anything would just be great ones to talk about, because Say Anything is just a great movie. I've never seen it. Uh, you'll, have to, you'll have to see it sometime. But uh, you adding it to the list? Yeah, it well, starts out great. Um... What I love too is the music about seventies rock and roll, and then the first song you hear is Alvin and the Chipmunks singing Christmas songs. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was just awesome. But yeah, for about ten minutes or so, we're in this little flashback sequence. We go to see Will as an eleven-year-old, and you kinda, it's kind of nice though to have that because you see like the relationship between him and his mother, or just the mother in general with her two kids and their sibling. Um, you know their relationship. I still love that opening scene so much because of the. You know, it goes through him like all the kids are brushing their beards and shit in the bathroom. And then he's just sitting there looking like a tiny kid. And she's like, it's time to tell him what I'm 12. I know. I get it. Uh, Everybody's a year older than me. She's like, "Mm, actually, you're 11. 11? 11? 11? (laughs) Yeah, I'm 11. That's still... It yeah. still cracks me up. Eleven. And I'm just like, what kind of psychopath Which, doesn't even tell their kid how old they are? Right. Which uh, I can think of a few. I guess Mike Wheeler was not the first one to yell eleven on screen. Oh, and we all moved on. <laughs> but, but yes, also 
So then I just realized, uh, I rewatching it. I'm like, I know that guy looks familiar. I know I've seen him like in other stuff, but the kid who plays William when he's 11, he's the kid from Sky High. Yeah. And then uh, he also is in Lords of Dogtown, which is one of my other all-time favorite never movies. Never seen that. That would be a fun one too. Doc, we do a double feature of the documentary and oh, the, the feature film. And, yeah, yeah. Like, that would be a really cool. What's that about? Throwback. The Lords of Dogtown. Skateboarding in the seventies. Oh. The invention of modern skateboarding. Got it. Um, the invention of the halfpipe. The sort of. I just think kind of actually one of the things I just loved of. I just loved the rock music. At, like, how it was just... It made me want to be a Band-Aid. Like, I just... Like, it just... Everything, <laughs> Not a rock star. Just no. a groupie. I just... <laughs> no, I just... Groupie or a Band-Aid? A Band-Aid, not right. a groupie. Right. Well, time out. Pop quiz. What's the difference between groupie and Band-Aid? I have it written down right here. According, I'm just going to let you... This according to Penny. Okay. She says, uh, groupies just sleep with the band. Band-Aid's like, we inspire them. They're the muses. They want... They care about the music. They... That is what they're there for. They're, they're the not music. there just to sleep with them. All right. But all also... Right. They respect also, themselves. Also from Rogue, she's like... Yeah, look, I forget. Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin. But she's also like... Yeah, I forgot she, sometimes I don't we, uh, think I've we ever, give hand jobs. I don't think yeah. I've ever recognized her at all in this. Ever till this last time I was watching it. I didn't realize she's, that she yeah, was Yeah, she's Rogue. the one that's mainly around Jason Lee's character. Yeah. yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. realize... That Anna Paquin has literally been around forever in like the industry. Like she's in a lot. She was in um She's All That, that nineties movie with um with Freddie Prince Jr. Sack. Yeah. With the hacky stuff. Yeah, she's a little poetry. sister and stuff. And she's in it a lot of things that as I've gotten older, I'm like, Oh, that's Anna Paquin. Like, where did she pop out from? Yeah. Jordan, if you see the the image of the movie, you'll remember at least yeah, that came that. out in 99. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Great. They movie. talked about that in the book. 1999, yeah. Yep. Good. <laughs> the best it. year for film. And also, She's All That came out. Yeah. And <laughs> She's All That came hey. out. Well, yeah. <laughs> that dance scene with but, Usher was great. Watch it. I'll have to check it out sometime. No, oh, I would like great. to watch some of, the, some of those. There's a few 1999 moves I missed. But uh, I did. I did love, like, Doe Deschanel. De- 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 I love her in this as the older sister. And yeah, again, the, in the first 10 minutes when just, you know, her, all her like clashing with her mother, which is great. And Frances McDormand, always awesome. You know, more recently, what if she won three billboards, an Oscar for three billboards, or at least. Well, at least that's what we were talking about. Like in everything, like she has worked consistently for years and years and years. Oh, yeah. And she's always so good. And we were talking about, I'm like, we should watch three billboards just so I can show it to her like how great of a movie. And then I'll never watch it again. Cause after seeing it the first time, I'm like, this is a really good movie. I don't ever want to see it again though. It's heavy. That's for sure. Yeah. Before when this movie came out, the only people I think I knew ahead of time was I knew Jason Lee from right. watching mall rats, yeah. my favorite mall rat. And well, I knew, uh, Jimmy Fallon from Saturday Night Live. That was it. <laughs> That's the thing. When I watched this, I don't even think I knew who Jimmy Fallon was, but I knew Jason Lee because, again, having two siblings 10 years older than me, I had seen Mallrats at this point. <laughs> I had seen Mallrats and 
This guy I just stink clerks yet. Give him the stink palm. You know, That's really re- depressing. Reach your hand down here, and then you just shake his hand. Well, she hasn't seen mall rats. No. I t- Whoops. Like this Spoiler song. alert. Stink no, palm. it's okay. My first, who I know Jason Lee from, is My Name is Earl, or whatever that sitcom the he show, did. Yeah, 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 that's how I know Jason Lee. Well, I mean, that's so, fair. Like, that show was, like, when I, I like love him in this role, though. In his, um, oh, he's a great as a lead man singer. Role. I, I loved him in this role so much. I've like, never seen him in anything that he's supposed to be cool. No, that's just and not his this character This is the type. only thing that I've ever seen him that he's like, yeah, I'm the front band of a band. And the chicks are great. And the, chi- the, <laughs> chicks the chicks are great. Are great. <laughs> I just love when they leave him at the gas station. Like, it's okay. Not just I'm the easy to forget. Singer. I'm only the fucking lead singer. I know. That's probably one of my favorite <laughs> so laugh out loud moments of the entire movie. Of him so just great. being like, it's just walk, coming out of the bathroom, seeing the bus driveway. Like, are you fucking kidding me? So <laughs> good. Like, kind of half heartedly chases it too. Like, really? <laughs> oh, it's so good. I know. There's so much. It's just such a fun little story. Then I like how it, like, even like points it out in the movie, which I didn't really remember is like, yeah, like, watch this movie as, like, a teenager. I'm like, this is so cool. These people are living, like, these crazy lives. And then they point it out multiple times in the movie. I'm like, this isn't real life, though. Like, this is just, like, kind of like you're living in a prolonged fantasy. Well, and a good moment for that, too, is when Will asked Penny, he's like, do you have any friends in the real world? Yeah, do you have any normal friends? Do you have any normal friends? I think that's when she's like, uh, no, because famous people are just so much more interesting. Yeah. And, by the way, Kate Hudson, we haven't talked about her yet. Great in this role. Like, I never knew who she was till I saw this. This is the first thing I ever saw her in. Developed an instant celeb crush. I mean, yeah, she's... she's still overshadowed by Jessica Alba back in the day, but... My acting teacher, I remember very distinctly the part where he tells her, um, he sold you for a case of beer and 50 bucks and stuff. And you see her, like, the, the whole... When the camera's shot on her, and you can see she's obviously very upset, and then she turns and says... Like, was it good beer at least, or what kind of beer it was? Right. My acting teacher literally paused that moment and while we were watching it in class. It was like, she should have won a fucking Oscar for this. And it is a shame that she didn't. He was like, she did that acting in that moment was so great. And you can see it the way, like, you can see the hurt in her eyes. You can and, see all the emotions flow through her facial expressions. Yeah. And he was like, that should have won her the Oscar. And she was nominated, but she didn't win. It's made me think, I didn't, that's something I did not look up at. Ahead of time so oscar winner best screenplay cool from cameron crow nominee for best actress kate hudson and supporting role kate hudson best actress in supporting role for Frances mcdormand which she played a very good overprotective mother yes. kind of reminds me of my own mother to be honest that's fair. not not to that extent at well least, at least we not got the one i got well, at least we got brown sugar <laughs> and bacon in the house growing up jeez and I, I, that's one of my favorite parts. And she's like, "We don't get to do brown sugar. You don't like our music. You don't like this, this, this." Like to listen to all these things that they don't get to do. I'm like, "Well, I mean, I, I can kind of relate to that." Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of funny. Um, so I think Kate Hudson was great in this role. It was. It's so funny because I'm like, I know she's in a lot of stuff, and I like looked up her like filmography. I'm like, she's in a lot of stuff, and I've seen none of it except for Almost Famous. Best editing nominee too. That's cool. Yeah, Golden Globe winner. Uh, best I know, they have that on the box. Comedy or musical. I don't know if you're probably not familiar with what the box <laughs> looks like now. No, because it's been missing <laughs> off my shelf for like it, five plus freaking years. Dude, it's been like longer than that. Probably has been, actually. <laughs> I stole it like in high school. Was Blockbuster Dude. still around? 
replace my freaking movie, man. Well, I, I told saw you, Walmart. The, I saw the. Go get me the bootleg copy. Hang on, that comes the, with the theatrical, digital, and Rocket Man. I don't they know why have they put the those. DVD version on Amazon for five dollars. Calm down. So. So I'll give you five dollars, and you can order yourself one. It's. <laughs> but I think I also loved that the girl that plays Sapphire. She's in a lot of like early '90s esque things. She's in the craft. Uh, her name's like France. Uh, what is her name? Francis McDermott? No, what's not Francis? No, it's like Feruza Bulk. Yeah, I loved her in this movie. I loved the part where, like, he, oh, that he's, like, talking to Penny, and he's trying to write these notes to give to his editor and everything, and the three girls, the one from Denver, Anna Paquin, and Sapphire, all of them, and they just, like, sit there, and all of a sudden they're like, let's deflower the kid. And everything. <laughs> I just loved how they're just, like, bored, and they're like, you know what? Screw it. Let's. Wait. I mean, to be fair, at 15, I wouldn't be complaining. I oh, mean, no. Nobody would be. If women want to uh, deflower me, I'd be like, all right, let's do this. I thought that was hilarious. And also, I never picked up that, like, because the next morning, she's like, any other city in the world, you'd still be a virgin. And I wasn't until, like, I watched it, and I'm like, oh, my God. They were just so fucking bored that they decided to do this. Yeah. Which I thought was hilarious. Also, the part where they're on, when he's with the band, and they're driving, I think it's in, they're going to New York. And he's like, well, we've shown you across, we've shown you America, and we've almost got you laid. Oh, and we, he just, we, did, we did everything, everything in our power to get, get you laid. laid. And then he just sits there, and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, like, oh. Yeah, they thought he had gotten laid, and they're like, wait, no? What? No, he did get laid. They were surprised that he did get laid. Yeah. Because they did everything in their power to get him laid, and then he kind of makes... I thought that was the reveal, though. It was like, we, we thought he had gotten laid, and then it turned out he didn't get laid. No, it was no, that no. he got laid, and they, they were, were like... They were surprised that he actually, like, got laid. Which I'll be like, the biggest film in action. If you're 15 and you... Got your first time was with three people. Assumedly. That's not a thing. Three that's one. Women. That's not a thing. But also, you're not not telling people. Yeah, <laughs> you you'd be shut. I remember when kid. I had sex for the first time. I walked in work and I'm like, I just had sex, and then I high fived a couple of my buddies. Really? Yeah, that's literally <laughs> what happened. Seven a.m. I'm well, like, dude, it's out for the sake of our mother. Oh, poor Jean. Poor Jean. Oh. And that, was, that, yeah. that, was, that was his current job, Mom, if you're wondering. It's okay. It's far enough into the episode, so she doesn't listen this far. She's told me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying to think here. So I got some favorite scenes, moments. I don't know. Things run down. Um, I guess this kind of goes back to the beginning here. I, I like the, you know, Wolf, when he first met Stillwater at the back door. I thought yeah. that was kind of a nice scene there. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. I'm just like, when he like. He's like, like Fever Dog is a big step forward for you guys, and your your guitar solo or your guitar solo Russell is incendiary, and then he starts walking away. He's like, "Oh, to come back, I w- I'm incendiary too, man." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Jeff's character, the Jeff character. Yeah, Jason. Lee's come, come back here. Yeah, I'm incendiary too, man. Yeah. And I, I I like him and Penny's first interaction too. Will and Penny when they first like really had a good talk. Not not when they not when they first met, but when they had a good one on one talk. I thought that was a great scene. I loved how Will introduced Penny to Russell. He's like, this is Penny Lane. And he's like, oh, the Beatles. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. And then, yeah. 
I also, I'll go ahead. You, you have more favorite scenes. No, go ahead. I mean, I got a whole list of them. So, well, yeah, whatever you're feeling. I mean, like the whole movie, but. Yeah. I also, I thought it was a really sweet. I love that his sister, because she did go out and become a stewardess. Like she said she was going to. And she is just, I love that whole, like she's like being the ultimate big sister. Because I'm like, I'm an older sister. And I always loved that interaction. Because at the end of the day, you will do whatever you have to do for your siblings. Yeah, and, I mean, it is, and it's your job, too. So I'm, as an older sibling myself, it's a, your yeah. job to introduce them to cool stuff. Like introducing Daniel to this movie. Or taking them to Wanted. <laughs> Things like that. But like, but, or buying That she beer. drops everything. That she's like, I'll take a few days off work. Where do you want to go? Let's go. And then she didn't even fight him when he's like, I just want to go. Like when they go home. Oh, I'm sure in the three hour version, she fights them. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like quite possibly. But I love that that like fun like cut. And then it's just like, why are we here? But I love. But the way it kicks off with her leaving her whole record collection, no. I, I loved it. I know. I love that. I always kind of wished I got that. Name two of the albums she left behind. She, oh, All right, two artists. Pink Floyd. Nope. I mean, um, sorry, not not Pink Floyd. It's gotta um, be Simon and Garfunkel. It was um Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin, yeah. And there was um, what was the other one? It was something about. Did she have the leave the many Stooges records. That's she left them Cream. That was another Cream. One. Cream. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Some early Clapton right there. I okay. love the part where she's like, "Light a candle for this one. You'll see your future." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I do love that's a amazing cut. It's like, "See your future." Puts on the record and immediately cuts to him like in high school, like grown up. I like that's a great, awesome. That was cool. Yeah. Good um, transition. <laughs> one of the things. What is he gonna say about like things? Like I mean, like, there's so much to love about the movie. I do love. That scene, um, crap, I had something, and now it's gone. Was it a scene? It, oh no, it was a fun fact. The fun fact is, like, one, well, I had just recently really realized that this was kind of, like, autobiographical of Cameron Crowe's, like, actual real life. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, one of the things that he had hoped for this movie would do, because, the mom is based on his mom. The sister is based on his sister. And apparently they hadn't actually spoken in years, but this movie actually got them to speak to each other oh. again from the, like his Zoe Deschanel and like, uh, his, I know his mom came down to the set, but he didn't want her. He didn't want his mother to meet Francis. Cause he's like, I don't want you to interact. Cause you know, the character's based off her. So he didn't, he didn't want them interacting whatsoever, but then it turned out, I think he found them having lunch together. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I know, I tried to look up so many, like, fun facts, and there's, like, ten different websites with the same 15 facts. Well, and all the, Which is kind of a bummer. I'll name a few of them. <laughs> well, that one I thought was the biggest. Two, uh, Shiloh actually told this to me last time we were watching, because I was, we were talking about, like, I love how, like, even, like, the the songs are written for this, especially in the 2000s, like, oh, they yeah. were good. And then Shiloh was like, well, he was married to the lead singer of Heart, and she helped him write the music. So I'm like, oh, so that's why these are actually good rock songs. Yeah, he was Cameron, her, Crow. Cameron Crowe's ex-wife is the lead singer from Heart. Nancy Wilson. Yep. Yeah. Who, if you go back to Fast Times, remember when, um, uh, what is the brother's name? But, you know, he's wearing his pirate costume, driving down the street, and sees that hot chick in the car, and then realizes how ridiculous he looks. Yeah. That's, that's her? That's Nancy Wilson. That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, like, I didn't know that, which I think is awesome. 
uh, which also explains. But like, yeah, she wrote. Why. She did a lot of like original music for some of his movies. That they, I forget when they, they're divorced now. I forget when they divorced. But yeah, she was there for like a Villanella Sky. Um, but yeah, she did all kinds of like just her, like original score stuff for some of his movies. Yeah, apparently they. Uh, I had read a little antidote about like one time they were just like in a hotel room and they decided to make up a fake band and write songs for them. And then years later, he made Almost Famous, and he put those songs in the movie. That's awesome. So I guess they weren't written specifically for the movie, but they just wrote them. And then years later, he used them for the movie, so which good. is really cool. Uh, Crow, Crow's amazing. Have you seen Singles, Daniel? No. I've hardly seen any Cameron Crow. You've got to watch Singles sometime. I've seen Say Anything. I know I've seen that. Um, it's so been you years, better have though. seen that one best rom-com I ever. I definitely need a refresher on saying anything. I gave her my heart. She gave me a pen. So that's love for you. That's love for you, especially as a teenager. <laughs> Trying to think of some other scenes here. Here's one scene. I love the t-shirt scene when they, they first bring out the shirts and show the band, and you know, three of them are out of focus. I know. That's one of, that's one of my favorite scenes for the, just like the ending alone. How they have this huge debacle. Like, this is a big deal for the band. And then, you know, William's like the last one in, and he's just like, well, if they're not releasing these shirts, I'm fucking grabbing one of these shirts. That is funny. (laughs) One of a kind, yeah, because if they burn the other ones, he's got the one. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's immediately a collector's item. He just shoves in his bag because he knows. He's like, as a fan, he's like... I I like when Russell's like, do you give a shit about the shirt? And the one band member's like, I'm just hungry, man. Like, let's go out and get some barbecue. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So good. But when there's like, uh, Jason Lee's character's like, I connect. I get people off. I look for the one guy that's not getting off, and I make him get off. Yeah. And that you can print. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. I love that like that lead singer syndrome that he has going on in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's like, let me just say what no one else will say. And Russell's like, what? Your looks have become a problem. So good. <laughs> Another great scene is him at the party. The house party, the yes. The house party. I am a golden god. I'm a golden god. One of my favorites. I'm like, because this would like make a teenager's fucking life. Like they're telling the story forever. Like yeah, one time I had a, a Russell from Stillwater came to my party, but I love he's just like talking to like these kind of like nerdy guys, and he's just like, you want me? You want to see me feed a rat to my steak? He's like. Yes. yes. I was like talking to future Bill Gates kind of dude. Oh yeah, he was <laughs> so just like, "You're real. You are." He's getting validated this by like this real. person that he like loves. So, like, the and then he's just like, "Do you want me?" This the whole thing. Yes. I also loved all of his facial expression while he's on the roof because he did a great job pretending he was on acid, or Which, maybe who knows. But his facial expressions, I forgot how just hilarious. It just made me laugh because he's just giggling but trying to be I'm like, on drugs. "I'm on drugs." And he's like, yeah, you are. You are on drugs. Or he's like, tell Rolling Stone this. My last words were, I'm on drugs. You may want to rethink your last words. Yeah. I love music. No, I'm on everyone's drugs. Like, everyone's like, yeah. 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 a couple claps. Yeah. I'm, I'm on, on drugs. drugs. Woo! I fucking, I love that so, so much. Good. I still love how they bring that back to the end when he's just like, he printed everything. He's like, you were calling yourself a golden guy. He's like, I never said that. You're Did I? Did dude. I? Did I? That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> so good. The, another uh, homage was Entourage kind of did something like that with uh, Vinny Chase on the roof of a, at a high school party. Same thing. Said a rock star, movie star. That was during the uh, Aquaman premiere. 
nice. episode. Any other like favorite? I'm trying to think of some other like favorite scenes here. I mean, besides the uh, the the airplane confessional that we haven't talked about yet. The airplane uh, scene. That's probably one of my favorite airplane scenes ever in a movie. Is this one? That um. Let me see. What else besides like? Well, one of my favorite all time scenes is when Will finds Penny ODing. Yeah, that's a pretty strong scene. Yeah, which. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean, this is a whole episode of spoilers. Right. <laughs> Hopefully you've seen Almost Famous before you got in here. But yes, Penny Lane, Oding, and that just that whole scene, like, Will finding her. First off, when they're, like, kind of holding, he's kind of holding her in their stand. He's like, ah, there's something I want to tell you. And he's like, eh, screw it. You're not going to remember. Yeah, he's like, I, I don't know why you. I'm so nervous. You're not going to remember shit. That, but that, that whole scene, though, was just great, I thought. Yeah. But how he saved her, you know, calling for help and getting them up here to pump her stomach yeah which i thought was kind of funny Rewatching, i'm like oh i now know what quaaludes are just from watching wolf of wall street and i'm like <laughs> oh this is a big deal oh yeah i guess I, when i first watched that this movie i didn't realize what quaaludes were until yeah because i had seen wolf of wall street and that's how yeah. i got introduced to quaaludes. Yeah, she's gonna die yeah, yeah. And then the, me and Daniel also talked about like how what it's like to actually pump your stomach and what they're doing. Now that I've gotten my stomach pumped personally, but I know the medical background. All right, like I said, now that I have got my, I'm like, no, no, when, no, no, when no. did this happen? I never got my stomach pumped. I've never got my stomach that's pumped. That's one of the things. Are, I'm are like, you listening closely, got... Jean? No. <laughs> it's just like that's got to be the hardest thing to do is get a completely delirious person to swallow a tube. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, yeah, and they do a good job of showing them that's not no easy task. No, it's not. <laughs> It's not. Man. So Cameron Crowe said one of his favorite scenes that he loved of this whole movie is it had to do with um, it's when Penny was dancing by herself in the auditorium. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Just dancing after a show. Yeah. All, yeah, just by herself. He said that was one of his favorite scenes to film in this whole movie. Yeah. Which I don't know why, but for some reason it kind of reminded me of the ice dance sequence in Edward Scissorhands. I don't know why. I mean, it's just a special moment. Like, it's, you know, it's not everybody gets to see the aftermath of what happens after a concert or anything like that. I I mean, it's a quick scene, but it still was something special about it. And it's probably like, you know, it's it's whimsical. It's, you know, like I said, there's nobody gets to do that. And she does and everything. And that kind of encompasses the Penny Lane characters that she does things that other people don't. Right. You know, she's kind of your first introduction of a manic pixie dream girl in a way. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I'm like, she is definitely manic pixie dream girling all over the place. Mm-hmm. All, all, all in front of Zoe Deschanel, which is crazy. Right? Crazy. <laughs> Who would have thought? But um, one of the things I'm also going to mention, one of my favorite parts, which I had actually forgotten about. But Russell gets chewed out by William's mom over oh, the phone. Yeah. He's like, you got a great son. He's like, listen to like, me, Russell. And just, like, me. and just like zero is in on him. And he's like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. He just like hangs up like, your mom freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love that the, every person she talks to is the running gag. is like, are you William? Uh, from I'm just some random guy from the hotel. Um, your mom really freaked me out. <laughs> um, I also, one of my favorite parts, I think, is when, I'm going to say his name, it's Seaman Hoffman, what's his name? The guy that plays the editor. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Thank you. Yeah. When he tells Will what to tell Rolling Stones, Mr. and he's Bangs. like, because he knows, he knows these guys and stuff. He's like, that will really get him off. That it's will like, get him going. And then he. 
don't let them trick you and become friends. Right. But the fact that he tells what tells Will what to tell Rolling Stones and Will gets caught after getting deflowered and then he tells the editor and I love the switch that the editor has because he instantly eats it up just yeah. like he said. He's like, Oh well I like what I'm hearing. Let me get you three thousand words. Yeah. yeah. I, I know we laughed I, you know, we hadn't mentioned Philip Seymour Hoffman yet, but he's such oh. a great character. I guess he filmed all his stuff in three days. Like he was sick the, the entire yeah, time. Had the flu. flu the whole time, which makes sense because he looks pretty ragged. Yeah, which but, I think works for the character. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. And I'm just like, I forget. Like, I that's, I kind of like, I can't believe I forgot to mention him up until this point. But yeah, I do love that. I do love, and I just love like his energy. She's like, you know, why am I at home on a Friday night? Because I'm a fucking loser. Yeah, he's like, we're but, losers. We don't go out. But I like how he write. gives them solid advice, like, got to keep your head above water or else they'll pull you under in, like, this fame bubble. So he's trying to, like, help him out, give him real advice. And even though he still ultimately kind of, like, su- like, is susceptible, like, falls to, like, their, you know, falls into their bubble and then comes out of it like, oh, fuck, because they, they kind of fucked him when they told him, when, when they said <sighs> Rolling Stones, uh, when they told Rolling Stones that, None of it was true. I was, sh- I totally, because it's been a hot second Which, since I've seen this movie. Yeah, and I, I'd forgotten about that part too. I remember they're like, it's all a lie. I'm like, what? I don't remember this part. Like, did they deny 90% of it? And that like I'm broke like, my heart oh, a little bit. I was like, oh. They screwed poor little Will. Yeah. You know. But, you know, eventually you get the, you get the fun little. Like, well, I'm trying to think, yeah, before we talk the end here, I'm trying to think of any other good scenes that stick out. I mean, we did talk. Briefly, the plane scene is just a great scene. Yeah. Again, again, I think I mentioned this earlier. One of my favorite plane scenes in a movie is this scene here. I'm gay. Right. When they yeah. hit turbulence, he's like, "Ah, fuck it, if we're gonna die, I'm gay." I'm gay. And, and then the immediately everything goes back to calm. He's like, "Huh, well, hey, huh? Uh, y'all know now." Yeah, I know or how. But what, what a moment though with the band. I, I mean, it's right there with the. Uh, them on the bus singing Tiny Dancer. And Aww. then just, I know, and then Jimmy Fallon's character would be like, I, I was a part of a hit and run. I don't know if that guy's alive or dead. They're yeah. all just like, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> 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 I was waiting because I forgot Jimmy Fallon was in this film and I was waiting. I was like, where is Jimmy Fallon? Like, I do not remember his character. And then he popped up. I'm like, oh, it's Jimmy Fallon. I, his character yeah. is a sh- small but great part. <laughs> I when he's in there just talking to them like selling them on like yeah you know what you want to make some money you know like you need a plane to add some more dates quicker they said also that the instant a lot of the instances that the band went through are like homages to what different bands went through um like when russell gets electrocuted by holding the mic that actually happened to somebody i think in the eagles and everything Mm-hmm. Um, also the guitarist is based off of the, uh, Russell is based off the guitarist from the Eagles mm-hmm. and everything. Okay. That's where a lot of his persona came from which and I, everything, which I love that scene too. And they bust through the gate. Yes. Yeah. Well, isn't that when the one gal is like, Hey, your mom called. Yeah. After she sits down and she answers the phone. Oh, is this Mary with the pot? I do. That's one of that my favorite like hilarious. little jokes in that movie. Too, in the movie too, she's like, she has this like, you know, what? you raise a really good kid. He respects women. He loves what you know. He does all this thing. She's like, also, this is the maid. Then just hangs up. Yeah. <laughs> and how it never. He she always says, "Don't do drugs," you know, and everything. And throughout the movie, he never does drugs. 
He does stick nope. to his that word. That is great, though, when she first drops him off at the beginning of the movie. Does this, does their secret whistle, and then like, don't take drugs! Everybody <laughs> around's like, ah! Don't, don't take good drugs! Good one, Mom! Good one! Oh, look at the mom over there! And her, Oh, hilarious. So good. Uh, but she's always like, this is just a hobby. This is just a hobby. Yeah. His chosen profession, law. I do like when he gets offered the job from the guy from Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. This is Will. This is Will. Hello. <laughs> 700? Quiet. Okay, make it a grand. He's like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. Like, even, like $700 for a high schooler in... 1970? Yeah. Nine? And oh, then no. you make it a solid... Gr- it was 73. It was 73. Yeah. yeah, grand in 1973 to 15-year-old. You're like... Ching, 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 yeah. Ching, oh. yeah. <laughs> I also love how Penny Lane actually told Will her name, her real name mm-hmm. and stuff, because he's the only one that knows her real name. That is true. And how she sent Russell to him. Like, yes, I do love the ending of this when Russell calls her to apologize. Like, you know, let's just meet up. And she's like, all right, well, here's the address. And then he shows up in a taxi cab, and lo and behold, it's, it's Will's house. I Which was, is such a perfect ending to the movie, because the entire movie, he's trying to get a sit-down, honest interview with Russell, and he keeps blowing him off. And I do love that at the end, he's just like, so I'm like, they're like, I'm sorry. I told them everything was true. And so he just like stands up, and he's like, so Russell, what do you love about I just love that love that's just about like, music. the ending of the movie is just like, First off, everything, and then just kind of like cuts, and it's a great ending to the movie. It's a per- it's how the movie should have ended. His sister too is look like that's Russell Hammond in my living room. Yeah, <laughs> like how she is. Like she's like he's like is are you looking for her? And she like perks up, and he's like no. no. <laughs> I know, so confused. Like I don't know where the fuck I am, and no. then just looked at the pictures. Like he's like. And she finally goes to Morocco, right? Is she? Yeah, she she? says she asked for a ticket to Morocco. Right, right, she does. I forgot about that. And she finally goes. So good. Yeah, I I always say watching this again, this movie completely holds up. I mean, nothing about it doesn't hold up in my opinion. Like, no, it's a perfect. It's great. It's a film from the two thousands, but it's a period piece. It still feels like it still feels like you're back in nineteen seventy three. And you're just, just you're just. I wish there were more movies like this. Fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Rocket Man last year and Bohemian Rhapsody the year before, but I wish there was more movies like this. This is like just this. a there's special a, kind of genre. Piece. Yeah, there's not a movie. Like, there's plenty of movies about the music scene and like different. Genres I mean, someone as Dolomite as my name was kind of a good period piece that kind of like this, but about a comedian, not a right. rock star. But that's the thing is like this, like being in the 1970s, like the pinnacle, like kind of like rock and roll, like. And I love how in 1973 they're talking about rock being dead too. <laughs> Right. Like, well, the war's over. What else are we going to sing about? Rock's dead. Well, it is. I always, always, my acting, I think this is something my acting teacher referenced to because it was really interesting when the girl, it's near the end of the movie where Sapphire was talking to the Russell Hammond about those three girls that walked in and everything. Like, they don't even use birth control, like that kind of thing. And my acting teacher said that was kind of a reference to how in the 1980s and how the groupie scene kind of became such a big thing about girls just wanting to sleep with like, you know, the eighties hair band sort of thing. And it was very loose and very wild. And so, so you really, and that was kind bon of, Jovi, right. Like that kind of bad example. Cause that guy has been married to his high school sweetheart. Right. For okay. But our warrant or <laughs> Motley Crue, <Crew. Motley> <laughs> things like that. And he said that was, 
he always thought it was never like spoken about, but he always thought that was kind of a nod to like how she's talking about how the those girls don't live by the same philosophies as they did, which is interesting because they always talk about how rock was dying and everything like that. But you do see a different switch from the 70s to the 80s with the hair band and the that kind of scene. So yeah. he always he said his thought was that they did that because it was kind of a hint towards what was going to come towards the future with the different rock scene and how different it was in the 80s. And I always like kind of picked up on that cuz the girls are dressed a little bit more like provocative, you know. She's like they don't even use birth control, that kind of thing. So I always always thought that was a really interesting thought about the movie about how they kind of tied that in because they're always talking about how Rock is dead, but it's not that Rock was dead. Rock just changed. Right. And from what they knew. Right. So I thought that was always interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I think it pretty much... Oh, my closing thought is I just looked it up, just FYI. $1,000 from 1973 to 2020 is worth about just shy of six grand. Oh, dang. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a teenager. That's a lot of money for me now. You're thinking like, you're going to pay me to go hang out with a band, sleep in hotels, and get pampered, and yeah, six grand top of Yeah, they're like, put it on the company card. (laughs) Don't let the rock stars pay for anything. I'm in. Oh, yeah. Back when people bought magazines. Yeah. (laughs) I still to this day love the poster for this of um, it's uh, Kate Kate Hudson. Hudson Yeah. Wearing the cool shades there. I know. Such great poster. Super iconic poster. I I need it on my wall, actually, now that I think about it. I really need that one. Yeah. Poor Kate Hudson. I wish she'd be in more stuff. She was so great in this. She has been in a lot of stuff. It's just nothing that's been of that caliber, really. No, but. She kind of went like the wrong calm route. I mean, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is a very staple 2000s romantic comedy. Yeah, never seen it. It's a great romantic comedy. I thought it was hilarious. Got your Matthew McConaughey in it. I do know that because Matthew McConaughey did rom-coms. Having a grand old time. Then everybody's like, no, 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 Matthew McConaughey. I I forget. I always forget Rain Wilson's in this movie too. McConaughey, exactly. What? I always forget Rain Wilson's in this movie too. Guy from Office. Oh yeah, it's he's, like he's one, one of the, the Rolling, Rolling Stones guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, he's good in this. So um, is um, Polly Perrette. She plays Abby in NCIS. She's at the very beginning as the radio show host. Yeah. Oh, okay. I re- remember that, and I'm like, I kind of, I'm sure I knew it. I just kind of forgot. I'm like, oh, it's Abby. Mm-hmm. I'm just like Iggy Pop at 7 a.m. Fuck yeah, put it on. So don't you think it's a little early? Which is, I always love that because I'm like, it's never too early to rock out. That's when I'm like driving to work and I have the radio on. I'm like, I don't want to listen to this. This is stupid slow jams. I want to get pumped. I want to get hyped. See, I always get, when I play like music at work and I put something on that's a little bit heavier or something, everyone's like, it's too loud. I'm like, this is the only thing that's going to like make me want to live through my day. People come on. Makes sense. I was playing my chemical romance today. Oh, oh, very heavy. Stop. You, for where I work, yes. I got uh, told to turn it off. Hilarious. All right. Well, yeah, I'm trying to think if I got any last mo- notes here. I, I think I'm pretty much, for the most part, saying anything I want to say. I Freaking mean, this, holds up. It's, it's been great. a great, it's a great movie. It holds up. So many great just moments and scenes in this movie. Good memorable lines too. Like there are a lot of pretty funny moments. And, and too. every character gets a memorable line. It feels. Yeah, like. every character definitely gets their moment. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily the two background characters of the band. Okay, definitely not the drummer. 
Like he has a funny one-off. Oh, see, is he the? Is it him or the other guy that says they're hungry? It's the other guy that says he's hungry. He wants to get barbecue. The drummer has no lines except for "I'm, I'm gay. gay." Yeah, that's right. So yeah, uh, every yeah, character except for, for the two. two background characters. Everyone else. I mean, I I, I love um, Jason Lee in this as well as the Billy uh, Crudup guy. Um, I mean, they're great as. Russell and Jeff, I I, I love them. And I, again, for Jason Lee, who I've only for the most part seen in Kevin Smith movies, which right. he's great in those. I love him as this character in this. Yeah, Jason Lee does really great with any character he's really given. Like he really embodies any character. Like Earl, the movies you guys are talking about that I've never seen. This movie, Mallrats. Mallrats. Actually, like, Shell, I don't think it Chase and Amy embodies a Mallrat. Because oh. you've never seen that. Okay. Great scene with him and Stanley too in Mallrats. Oh yeah. Stanley, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's got a Are great cameo on that. Yeah. Are they? Oh yeah. And also, fun fact for you, the Captain Marvel Stanley cameo from the nineties since it takes place in the nineties, yeah. Stanley is reading the Mallrats script on the bus. Oh, is he really? Yes, he is. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about wraps it up here. So yeah, this has been our talk on Almost Famous. Whoop whoop. Great movie. Woo. All right. Well, real quick here, Daniel, let's move on. We'll do this week's little gambling session and then we'll uh, get out of here. So let's see. Last week we bet on Hansel and Gretel, or Gretel and Hansel. Where the fuck they're calling it? Gretel and Hansel. Horror movie released in January. Not good. Well, I mean, not trying a good to talk to me about terrible horror movies until the tur- you talk about the turning. Yeah, Shiloh watched the turning. Oh, you saw that? Oh, me and so I have a friend that me and her we always go and see horror movies, like horror movies together because we love them. We love getting scared. Like we've seen all the Conjuring movies, everything. Like anything remotely scary, we basically go and see. And we went and saw The Turning. There was like eight people in our theater, and within the last 20 minutes, four people left. And both... If only got 20 minutes, I'd still sit. I mean, that's what I thought. Um, but I was just sitting there, and I was just like, what the hell is going on in this movie? Like, there was... It was absolutely god-awful. I was so sad, because I was had high hopes for Where, this movie. I didn't see a trailer for that till like a week before its release. <laughs> Oh, never, I mean, never even heard of it till a week before its release. It popped up all on my like newsfeed and stuff like that. I was really excited because it looked scary. They just never chose a freaking horror thing that they wanted to do. They couldn't decide. Was she crazy? Was it ghosts? Was it this? I don't. Was it the children? Who knows? They don't. Obviously, there was no like. Oh, it was so stupid. <laughs> it was just a dumb movie, Shiloh. It's a horror film in January, dumpster right. month. All right, well, everybody, that's your review of uh, <laughs> The Turning, yeah. so don't see it, Terrible. it sounds like. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. So last week, Jordan and I bet on Hansel and Gretel. I bet 22%. Jordan bet 42%. Uh, at the time of recording, there was no score. But as of now, we have a 60% tomato meter and a 21% audience score so anyway uh jordan you won this one <laughs> Woohoo! all right daniel now you're gonna like this one actually i'm gonna assign you another camera crow film that you've never seen is it vanilla sky i've got it on blu-ray and it's on our digital library watch jerry Maguire. oh can i watch that with you? i've never seen it now that you said that no 
Wow. Oh, so other other than the one cheesy line of like, you complete me, which is actually pretty fun in the movie. Um, I think you're going to enjoy this, Daniel. You're going to love, it's a different side of Tom Cruise you haven't seen quite. I mean, he, in some way is Tom Cruise, but not Tom Cruise in this movie. Cuba Gooding Jr. in this movie, and this is probably my favorite Cuba Jr. Cuba Jr. role, if I could say his name. Okay. <laughs> uh, I actually like this performance in this better than radio. Where oh, he, I cried in radio. Radio's good, but I don't know. I, I love him in this movie. Okay. But Daniel, check out Jerry Maguire. Is this Show Me the Money, Jerry Maguire? Show me the money. Okay, so that's show that's, that's me Jerry the Maguire. money. Like, that's, that's Jerry Maguire, right? Show me the money. The only yep. thing I can remember f- for the most part is Jerry Maguire is that Bob's Burgers reference that Bob sat through the whole movie and peed himself in Bob's Burgers because he didn't <laughs> want to miss a single moment of it. Well, there you go. And you're not gonna. So go to the okay. bathroom beforehand. I will go to the bathroom beforehand and or pause. All right, but Jerry Maguire for not Daniel. Good. All right, so what have we been on this week, Daniel? Um, trying to what is coming out this coming well, week? Well, this coming week is Birds of Prey. Oh, yes. I want to see that. I hope they do it justice. Fingers crossed they it's good. probably won't. I uh, know. Stop raining on my parade. Shallow, I want it to be fun. I just hope it's fun. Um, so let's see. What else? The Lodge. Malang, Malang. And then we danced. <laughs> Come to Daddy. Whoa. Those are the movies to choose from this week, Daniel. I'm fine doing Birds of Prey. All right. Well, we'll... We're seeing it no matter what. So I don't know. We could do that. I don't know what any of these other ones. We could do The Lodge. Another horror film that looks like released in January, February. We'll, we'll just bet on Birds of Prey because I feel like... I don't know. Like, this movie... I want this movie to be fun. I don't think it's going to be good. But I think it's gonna be fun. Hopefully, hopefully you got, got a good Marco cast. Robbie. It's he's, Ian and again McGregor. with Ian McGregor as Black Mask. Like from the trailers, I'm like, this looks like it. I hope they don't just kill him because from the trailers, I'm like, it looks like it's gonna be fun. But okay, hmm, Birds of Prey, Birds of Prey. So while I want it this, looks fun. The hyena made me laugh at the end of the trailer. Yeah. What will the critics think? I'm not sure, because like, I get the vibe that this might be a little bit of a muddled mess. Yeah. Because team movie, team ensembles are always so hard, and DC hasn't really gotten it right. Like, Justice League was a muddled mess. DC, Batman for Superman was a muddled mess. So, yeah, I agree with all that. I said 45%. Oof. I said 62%. All right. So, Shallow, a few weeks before its release, or <laughs> a few weeks, a few days before its release, what is Birds of Prey? There Submit. is no score. No score for Birds of Prey. None. Which is usually not a good sign. All right. Well, we'll find out next week here. All right. Let's wrap this up here. Daniel, where can they find us? You can f- find us online on Instagram and Twitter, movies underscore brews. Let us know what you thought about a 20-year-old movie, Almost Famous. <laughs> and let us know what you're looking forward to this year. Uh, Birds of Prey, other stuff, Sonic. Ew. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. Did yeah. you say that we have to go watch that? Guess, I have to go guess see Guess what that you guys are doing anyway, on Valentine's Shallow. Day? But we don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Well, no, you're we going to celebrate, so well you're gonna celebrate it. So you'll be like, Sonic. when are you going to come home? And I'll be like, I'm at Sonic. Oh, you're be taking her. Get, I don't want to go da- and see date it. Date night at Sonic. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. I'll be sitting there by myself. I'll be like, Shiloh, you missed a good time. I'll go with you if you really want me I'll to. I'll be your date, Daniel. 
You have been so mean to me this entire time. Only a little. It's for the fans. Okay. Well, give him some more drinks. That's my nice idea. <laughs> yeah. Your mistake was coming on when I only had a single beer. Right. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. What? Well, thank you, Shyla, for coming on. Uh, for hopefully, Daniel me. didn't ruin the experience for you and you'll be back. Uh, no. <laughs> I love being on this. It's great. It's thank fun. You. Yeah. Well, we like having you. All right, everybody. Well, hey, that's. Wraps it up here for another week of Moves and Brews. Thanks for the downloads. Share the podcast with friends so we continue to grow. And if you're on iTunes, give us five stars just because. And we'll talk to you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers! Cheers.